Welcome to another edition of the Hitler Lights podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. Some of you may know him as Residual Current, but I have Mr. Mike Page. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. A pleasure to be on the podcast with you. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. See, we have kind of a typical arrangement for these podcasts, but for those who don't know you, and I'm sure there might be some, uh, even though you are pretty popular online, tell us how you came to enter the industry and a little bit about your journey through the industry so far. Yeah, so um, I'm 23. I've been doing this uh, eight years now, since I was 15. Um, left school, um, did all, did okay, did all right, um, could have done better. Um, and my brother got me um, got me an apprenticeship with the firm he was working at. Um, sort of stuck that out for three years, tough industrial apprenticeship. Um, worked for my brother-in-law domestically for a couple of years after that, which was good, um, considering I, you know, sort of see both sides of um, of the industry um, and the, and their differences and what have you. Um, and then floated around for a bit and ended up at the company I'm at, at now. Um, and recently, last, about a year ago today, actually, um, started an Instagram called Residual Current, um, just sharing my day-to-day and what I do. And um, it's gained a bit of traction now. And, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the pretty, short story. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so, obviously, you said you started out uh, industrial. Um, mm-hmm. what, sort, what sort of work were you uh, getting to carry out? Um, so we were doing like large commercial office fit outs um, down, down to the mains and everything to, um, you know, big warehouses, sub mains, big armoured cables, ladder, um, just, yeah, containment, conduit, sort of, yeah, proper industrial, I'd say. So did, were you essentially a metal muncher in your first years? Um, I was at times, but um, luckily it was a partnership as well as many other Sparkies working for the firm. But the two guys in charge loved the containment and they were really good Sparks um, anyway. But on the tools, they would sort of take pride in, in doing that. So, yeah, I would spend a lot of time, but some you know, some of the jobs, they would take it all on themselves and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, a bit of a metal muncher at times. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, similar experience. Yeah, <laughs> obviously good, early though. years. Yeah, no, obviously it's a it's a skill theoretically when, when you, you look should back never lose. On it. <laughs> That's yeah, time, it can be a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, it can be a bit draining. So any apprentices listening, hold in there. It does yeah. get better. See, you mentioned that you went on to do a bit of domestic work. So what happened with the change of companies? Um. So. They went quiet for about about six months, and I'd been um, I'd been with them for the whole three years of my apprenticeship. But they they weren't particularly nice guys. But I sort of just got on with it as an apprentice, and sort of took a lot of um, a lot of flack from them. But they wanted when I first started with them, similar to my brother, uh, they wanted nothing to do with like college. So. Um, Although I worked for them on paper, I had to say with the college, I'd say I worked for my brother-in-law just to get the, like, you know, the apprenticeship scheme and what have you. Um, so immediately then, obviously at the time, I didn't know, but after three years, as much as I respected them, um, there was no loyalty there because, you know, they wanted a no strings attached apprenticeship. Um, so I had no work for, yeah, it was about six months, but about three weeks into that quiet spell, um, I contacted my brother-in-law 
um, who I was signed up to anyway, and I'd have um, I'd have to go work for him for the day when um, my college assessor came out and stuff like that. Anyway, um, mm. and I just started working for him, and it was just to keep me busy. And then he started getting busier, and then I ended up, um, yeah, just sort of helming the business, um, you know, running running jobs for him and stuff like that. At quite a young age, because of my experience industrially I think it allowed me to run some quite big domestic jobs at a young age which then helped me gain experience in you know just a smaller logistics of of running the job and being organized and speaking to clients and stuff like that um, and also just applying all of my technical industrial knowledge domestically because it's very different um, and I think you know a lot of industrial sparks laugh at house bashing and domestic work um but it can be quite involved and quite technical um and you know i got the book out more domestically far more domestically than i i would have to um industrially um and i feel like industrially as well a lot of it the paths paved for you you know the job sort of worked out and and you know and stuff like that long before it gets to you so you are essentially just following a spec a drawing a you know daily the daily sort of slog is domestically you've got to think for yourself and adapt and work things out and stuff like that so I loved it so did you have to fund college yourself then with that no so that it was um it that's why I signed on with my brother-in-law because it was I'd left school at uh, 15 uh, turned 16 that summer and then joined college so I'd worked all summer um, and then that September after turning 16 I um, signed on for college as just like a traditional one day a week um, apprenticeship um, okay so but to do to get that funding and stuff you had to have like a registered employer and that's when I sort of went to the guys that had employed me and they said no we don't want I think they looked into it and then when they found they couldn't get a grant they sort of said um, no we don't want anything to do with that so you're gonna have to sort it out yourself they just wanted also they were to be honest they weren't very nice bosses but I appreciate the way they taught me and um you know the experience now that I look back at it at the time I hated it but they at the time they didn't know if I was any good so I guess they weren't willing to take the risk but there's no excuse for not wanting to you know Mm. take me on yeah I think that's quite rare within the industry isn't it where yeah you'd find an employer in that sort of situation I think 100% in terms of your next steps then like you say you went and you started running a few of the the bigger domestic jobs is that where you uh, still find yourself now no so I worked for um uh, unfortunately I had to stop working for my brother-in-law um and my brother when I left um my my original company um my brother had left a couple of months before that because he didn't like the way we were being treated and especially me and he ended up working at a company um burgess electrical who i work for now um so when i left my brother-in-law i rang him um that day and said oh you know is there any work going there um I'm, I'm leaving and he said funnily enough I've been offered a job um, by one of the big contractors that Burgess works for um, and the, the the guy who owns Burgess knew of me and he said to my brother you can only leave you know you have my blessing um, to go take this job because it was obviously a friend of the company and, and what have you but you have my ble- blessing as long as you get your brother in um, and I had rang him that day believe it or not 
um the day that he had been offered the job and he was like no way and then so we sort of chatted about it and then um yeah the, the following week i was i was working for them um and they're they they do all aspects of work but they're mainly an industrial commercial um as you'll see on my instagram it's it's very um commercial and industrial work but we do pick up domestic jobs high-end domestic and um for like friends and family jobs of the company um but yeah not your typical sort of house bashers i'd say mm. okay and yeah, no, that sounds good so it was about eight years ago then that you yeah. joined the industry mm-hmm. um so what what sort of work are you actually undertaking then now have you got any particularly interesting projects um well yeah obviously given the current um situation is sort of a lot of it's up in the air um but we're doing um an office fit out in tower 42 in london um just finished a um a mains project in wakehurst gardens which is part of um you know kew gardens in london right yeah yeah yeah, um we've done a lot of work at kew as well in the past we're doing a massive massive office fit out in um sitting bourne in kent which is quite a drive for us and then we're doing so at the minute we're doing um our local hospital is um creating some sort of temporary wards um given the current situation so we're fitting those out um there's a a hotel rewire as well in toaster which i'm sort of gearing up to start running from home next week so yeah we've got a few bits on but a lot of a lot of the stuff is on pause um with yeah yeah so are you finding then obviously say you're working from home are you undertaking some of the design work up front then yeah a bit of that a lot of that uh, is hard we we have an office so it's very we have a lot of the software and stuff there to do and, and you know computers that can CAD there and stuff it's hard to do a lot more of it at home because you, mm. you know you can do it but it's just so much more efficient to do it in in um in large quantities using the software um so a lot of that i'm sort of sending over to my boss at the minute but um yeah we get involved with the design specking stuff the pricing just the other the whole other side to it i've sort of been learning the last couple of months um just on top of of, of running the projects so i've sort of been you know um is there any the back end is there yeah no, is there any um particular software or anything you're becoming more familiar with now uh, yeah, Amtech. Um, so we, although I think it's, um, has it changed names or been bought out or something? I think. Uh, so the last one I was familiar with is Project Amtech Project. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, sorry, it's just like another name, isn't it? They're given it. Um, so that's yeah. it. I think there's loads of different programs now, isn't it, under that sort of Amtech umbrella? Yeah. So when I initially came into design, the first part that we actually had was. I think it was Amtec single cable mm. and what I ended up doing as to learn the ropes which was useful but not the quickest way around it was actually doing cable by cable and then still having to carry through the um the readings so like the, yeah. the max ZS I'd carry through to the end of line and then I'd yeah. do that to the distribution board then to the next cable and so that I'd eventually would work out an end of line ZS yeah for, for the worst case but obviously, with the likes of Antec Project now, you can it does it all for you. You just yeah, need to plan, yeah. it, plan it out and plot your lengths. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like that software. 
yeah super smart i'm still um same with like cad and stuff i'm barely scraping the surface of that because i still am on the tools and very much um like projecting on on site um but yeah it's been nice recently i've been spending more days in the office i think we're my boss is trying to gear me up for that side of things more um mm. but obviously being young and keen um and just passionate about what i do i still want to be you know very much involved with being on site and on the tools and what have you so yeah it's sort of interesting yeah. time so leading on then from that you do see yourself eventually in a more design project management capacity i think so yeah um this summer although i don't know obviously everything going on again but um mm. i'm booked on to do the design the 2396 um yeah. so i think that will be a big eye opener i think i'm ready for it because i was going to do it a couple of years ago and i've got sort of warned off um by a few of my peers um which i think was fair to be fair but for yes what reason? What, sorry, just because as much as i was keen and and thought i was knowledgeable even i know i got so much more knowledge just by putting off for two years um just in all aspects you know practically and and with the theory side of things so yeah i don't know if i would have been able to do it at the time but i feel a lot more confident doing it now um and i think that was just more being 21 um just on my testing i think people saying well hang on you know and now even 23 is is some people going oh good luck sort of thing but um mm. i think i'm ready for it you know um and yeah and you've got to put I yourself think, to it i think that's the thing isn't it when you say 21 it sounds young but you've been in the industry six years so i think yeah there is a natural development i think if you'd have so you say you did your 2391 yeah or, sorry the 23945 no no it was it's back to the 2391 again now um although it is the same course they i think they've just changed the name because when they changed um it into the four five and uh, uh nine four nine five sorry um i think it got a bit of a stigma so I, when i did it it was the two three nine one but it was the same course that you could do in two sections and sort of mm. that sort of stuff um the easier one as a lot of people i always remembered it as i think four was sign off your own work five was sign off others essentially yeah. okay so you, you did do periodic yeah yeah that's it yeah so you obviously did you did that and what do you think was the difference in the two years then what what means you've developed enough and learned um, enough in that two years to so, take the design just all sorts really um so i've i've manned i was running you know decent sized projects at at that time um but i've i've manned some even bigger projects now that i'm very proud of and just like i say um equipment and manufacture just all sorts you know just seeing that whole other design side and the considerations you have to make and and um yeah the, obviously i've taken on a lot more cpd in that in that time as well you know just even through my instagram speaking to people looking how other people do it or um watching sparky ninja videos and and you know whatever it may be i just feel a lot more developed and um yeah just ready for it obviously while you mention instagram then we might as well get it out of the way <laughs> um so obviously you obviously residual current on there yeah um, in terms of how you make use of instagram mm -hmm. what, first of all what made you use the platform over yeah. other other social medias available mm -hmm. and 
have you found it useful for CPD? Okay, so yeah, firstly, um, I'm, I've never been much of a social media person surprisingly coming from someone my age but um, I didn't have a Twitter I had an Instagram which was very much a placeholder I never used to post on it I just used to use it to follow celebrities and you know what I mean watch funny videos and stuff um, and then Facebook again is very much the same pretty dead I use it more for keeping in contact with friends and family um, I don't post on it or anything like that um, but I started get you know just seeing electrical content on Instagram um, and I sort of not in a bigotry way, but I was like, oh, I like that, and I do that sort of stuff. I reckon I could do the same, but better, or, you know, put my spin on it sort of thing. Um, mm. And, um, yeah, when I first started it, it was sort of like a community page, I called it. I think I thought, I didn't really know what, I'd just started it, to be honest, but I was going to get, like, people to send in their work, and I'd post about it, and they, you know, I don't know. But um, mm. it very much, after about a month of that, just turned into me posting my own work, because um, I wasn't getting sent any and my own tools. And then, um, yeah, it slowly sort of, gained a thousand followers 2000 followers and and sort of ramped up and i've done giveaways and um just all sorts really on it do you find it's um mainly positive the interactions on there yeah massively um i mean i've got a twitter now um under my residual current alias but and i follow all of you all of you guys and a lot of electricians on there but it's very much like um i don't know if you're on any of the, the electrician groups on facebook <laughs> it's very no, much I'm the not, same no, I'm not. Again, I'm, toxic is, environment um yeah i'm similar of, um, to yourself i'm similar to yourself in that i tend to not have social media and i mm-hmm. tend to go out in in phases like i'll like twitter one minute because the interactions have been positive and then as soon mm-hmm. as it becomes a bitter place i don't want anything yeah. to do with it i'd quite happily delete it but yeah so yeah sorry um until i got into the sparky ninja facebook group i'm on a couple of i think uk electricians group there's like a hundred thousand i think people on there i literally scroll through it just random <laughs> stuff <I> guess, <laughs> you know the, just the the shouting matches and the arguments and the name calling sometimes it's ridiculous you know and you can just sit through there and there's just a guy asking a genuine question you know <laughs> and some of the responses are great <laughs> and funny but some of them are out of order it's bad enough when you've got five in a site container, let alone 100,000 yeah, on a website. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, even just seeing the stuff some of them have posted about, you know, the current climate um, with everything that's going on is, you know, it's, yeah, it's very entertaining. But, um, yeah, very toxic, I find. But Instagram's very positive. I don't know if it's because you have that, you're more almost accountable on Instagram because if you know, if I'm going to call someone else's work pants, then they can click on my profile and, see all my work you know as on facebook you're sort of hiding behind your profile picture and you know mm. um, i don't know what it is but i find um there's still elements of um bitchiness if you will on um on instagram but um yeah i think it's very much positive um positive so, base compared to the others so how do you use that for your cpd then what aspects of it uh, are best so, um a lot of the time is um just when I post stuff, you'll you'll get people commenting and asking questions, or I'll get people inboxing me about, oh, you see that, whatever you fitted, what about this? And it might have been something that I haven't even thought about or whatever, and I'll educate myself to help them or research it so that I can send them the information, or they'll give me advice on how 
other ways I could have do, you know done it and I'll I'll look into that I'll also go on other people's posts and go wow that you know that what is that bit of kit or why have you done it like that or um I see that looks awkward how did you overcome that you know just general sort of um just engaging with people and, and talking as you do and yeah you, you learn a lot and and your eyes get open to different different ways people do things and different techniques Mm. as well as really neat work i feel that as yeah. all instagram is is there's a lot of neat work it's hard to keep up with i must admit yeah no there, there it's something i find that there tends to be neater work on say the instagrams and the linkedin than mm. the other platforms uh, mm. and i don't i don't know what it is about the other platforms that people feel maybe, maybe i don't know even though they're more heavily placed i would say even uh, mm. but it's, it's just interesting like you say that people do tend to share on those I think instagram is very much i like to say it's um it's your life through like rose tinted glasses you know um even like people's personal a lot of people's personal instagrams or celebrities you scroll through their instagram and it looks like their life is perfect doesn't it but as we very much know or you know you should you should know anyway no one's life is perfect you know and what they're showing you on Instagram same as what I show on Instagram you know I don't post the nightmare jobs on there or you know when I'm working in a board which I haven't done putting in a new circuit it looks horrible because I you know I haven't got complete control over the installation or sometimes it's just the the place you're working you can it only it is what it is sort of thing you know you've done it to regs you've done it really neat because of the place it's in or you know the environment or other factors it looks terrible um and there's a lot of stuff that you know does not make it onto instagram um but yeah i think it's because people pick the best they put a nice filter on it edit it um and it's very much <laughs> all the good um, yeah it's worth remembering like, yeah yeah definitely um <laughs> Obviously, we've kind of capped off where you want to go maybe in the short term. Where do you see yourself going in the long term? That's a good question. I don't know, to be honest. I'm very invested in my company um, that I'm working for now. Um, they're, they're a small company that's growing year on year. Um, and we've we've had some pretty big uh, clients and contracts and, you know, like the the turnovers doubling and tripling year on year. It's only about four years old company. I've been there nearly two years um so as it's got bigger i've obviously um found myself in a good position there um for progression when the time comes i guess um but also just you know there's a lot of great people that work there in all aspects of the company um that i see as mentors and inspirations and stuff so it's just very good very positive in that respect to like bounce off people and learn from um and stuff like that so yeah i hope um the company keeps growing and we keep we keep working and um yeah i can just develop with the company yeah no that's a that's a nice approach i think obviously a lot of people look at self-development but mm. obviously yeah putting your development in with the companies is certainly a, an admirable attitude not enough people do it i think yeah I, w- I was quite fortunate that probably the previous place I worked for about 10 years, everybody developed with the company. It was Mm. like a family and that company lasted about 40 odd years, 47 years. So I think that sort of attitude can stand in good stead in the long run. So yeah, I'd very much say it is a, it is a family vibe with the company. Everyone looks after each other. Um, and, um, yeah, you can really be level with everyone as well. You know, it's not, 
yeah. You know, so speaking of uh, family, then obviously that must mean you have some apprentices. Yeah. So do, do you oversee any directly? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, what what sort of advice on a daily basis? How do you help them? How do you mentor them? Um, so I do a lot of I do I let them go about it how they want to because like I found you, you learn so much from making mistakes you know for better or for worse as long as you can go look I'm messed up there I'm not going to do it again and this is why like you will learn so much more than I think obviously you know you've got to do your time in college and what have you but there's so much of my development that I can attribute to just learning from mistakes that I've made or even other people that's when you know when if someone else messes up and you can learn from it you've got a way scot free with you know um, learning mm. the lesson that that they're going through um so I just sort of let them out with um obviously they're all at different levels so it's hard um some of them are you know almost spark not sparks but you know they're very self-sufficient and you can give them a you know a whole sector of a job if you want and you know you have to check it over yeah and there'll be a few snags and a few it won't be as neat as how you want it but very much so the job will be done and then you have other ones that you have to you know sort of watch all the time um Mm -hmm. but yeah um sort of let them make their own mistakes encourage them to ask questions it's never a silly question like we all take the mic um there's always that banter on site, but there's honestly never a, a silly question. Um, and if anyone makes you feel like it's a silly question, then they're not a good teacher or, you know, not a decent person sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think weighing up personalities is probably you hit the nail on the head there that obviously people react in different ways to different teachings. Um, yeah. And one of the, you know, you might have a, an apprentice that beats himself up over a, a silly mistake. And likewise, you might not have one that cares for a big mistake. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's finding that balance um, and the right method of educating them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard to, you know, apprentices is a whole nother layer. It's a bit like, you know, you have you have ele- been an electrician and then you have um, metal conduit. It's another layer to be an electrician. And then you have the, the office side, the quoting and stuff. Then you have the design. There's all these different parts. And then I think um, having an apprentice is a whole nother cog to that that setup. You know, you've got to learn how to. It's all great having the knowledge, but um, you've got to know how to, to transfer that to someone who basically has no understanding of it, you know, at, at one point. Um, and it's very obviously it's good because if you can explain something in a way that someone's going to learn it then you understand it yourself but I still think it's very sometimes you know I'm like I'll try draw it out or I'll just do it and you watch me because you know it's hard to transfer that knowledge but again you just learn how to do it and learn from your mistakes of oh, I won't try that next time I'll do it this way or whatever um or someone else could come on with a completely different look on it and a completely different way of describing it and they'll the the apprentice will get it within a click of the finger you know it's Mm, yeah um, but yeah it's definitely another layer to to be an electrician have an apprentice so you've dabbled in estimating as well you said yeah yeah um any particular aspects that you've you've had uh initial experience in yeah so um i've always um when i've been in the office uh, like qs and test results or stuff like that i've always been given like little i'll quote this as well while you're here like little jobs um but recently i've just been um 
like quantifying drawings, um, getting you know specs and pricing for individual items, quantifying it um, to then give a an overall cost for for that element of of the project. Surveying, um, yeah, just all that sort of side of things, um, which is interesting. It's a bit daunting because obviously you're putting your name to you know 45 grand's worth of work for example um and it might be 50 grand's worth of work <laughs> you know it's it's uh, but i've got a lot of good people around me to to bounce off of and stuff like that so it's just a learning curve um but yeah in no way would i say i'm um prolific in it um but yeah yeah learning. yeah i think it took me probably two three years of mm. solid solid estimating to yeah. to get to a point where I was comfortable with it, it is a real. Yeah, I can imagine developing the confidence with it is is very much you know like your electrical apprenticeship. You come out of there four years later, and then you finally feel like you know <laughs> you are confident. Mm. And, I, and I bet it's very much the same with with that. Um, yeah, there's there's one thing I probably could recommend to you, depending on how your company does their estimating. Typically, I think most companies, if they're of a certain size, will use like the Amtech software. Mm. Um, which is out there but there's also i think i used powersoft which mm. is uh, an electrical estimating and it's a very quick way of breaking down a quotation um almost as as you would want it to quote it in the sections yeah which is and it's very useful to, if you have obviously i think the amtech one actually directly feeds in all your wholesale prices straight into it oh really so you, yeah you can accumulate them quite quickly um, and it obviously will also then give you your per meter rate of install. So if it's half mm. an hour for three meters of conduit, it'll all automatically total all that for you. <laughs> That's smart. So there are that sort of software out there. One of the yeah. ones I actually liked was just the book. Getting this, I think I put it online a little while ago, but it's the Luckins book. And mm. it just gives you all the rates of install for everything, for every size cable, every size tray, every bit of strut anything you might do yeah it, it gives you a rate of install for a, <laughs> for one for one man I've, i always found that the most useful and then it would just simply be once you've totted it up if it says seven hours you'd then yeah. round that round that up to a day yeah could, yeah could the electrician i know i'm gonna send do that in a day yeah i think he could done yeah so that, that covering your overheads that way as well i guess aren't you and stuff like that yeah essentially yeah so there was always that comparison in there um, yeah so what's one of the things you really enjoy about the uh, the electrical industry um i enjoy uh eicrs just not all of them <laughs> but um <laughs> some of them are um testing and interesting in a sad way but i'm, I'm passionate about what i do so i don't care but um yeah are they I love... domestics all sorts yeah i did a domestic one the other day um where everything tested fine um but i got to the the cooker switch and i had a live neutral on earth but it wouldn't i couldn't get zs um so and i couldn't trip the rcd from it either so i took it apart had a live neutral on earth um but when i tested between uh, live and earth there was nothing um so i messed around with it and pulled out about six inches of of copper that they'd shoved into the cable um and it had never had an earth this whole time and um because it was a tncs it was using the neutral for it you know for its earth path yeah. <laughs> um 
so yeah but obviously it worked fine and just explain to the client how yeah it's worked fine but it's you know that's not that's um that's a c1 um just because um well it was a c1 for other reasons her hob cable was melted and it was a metal face plate and i was just like yeah i'm i'm not happy with it. Uh, it's melting and it hasn't got that sort of thing and it's all metal um so yeah but um that's what i coded coded it as anyway um but just finding stuff like that you know and and um going you know going through the process of fault finding and 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 stuff like that um and i just enjoy installing in general um i love mains fuse boards and um big switch gear and metal conduit as well i really enjoy if you've got the time to do it um if someone's jumping down on you then um it can be stressful um but i think if you have the time to do it then um yeah it's it's very enjoyable Mm. yeah i think Conduit can definitely be an art if you're very good at it, but it does take regular practice, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, and it takes time as well. I think um, a lot of people who are inexperienced in it will price it as if, oh, yeah, you know, he's <laughs> just putting a bit of conduit on the wall, but it does take longer um, just, in, you know, for whatever reason, just the, the containment by nature, but also the, the wiring. I know you wire it quicker, um, but then you know you don't have all your cores are the same colors when it comes to switching and stuff like that so or you can color code them but you know there's certain elements that do just take longer if you if you're not doing it all the time so i think um some people who do just dabble in it can that's why it has this you know this stigma of our metal conduit but i think if you do it often enough it's um yeah it's fine i think just people underpricing it or bosses not understanding oh yeah just get it done it's only a bit of metal conduit and you know <laughs> mm. forcing you to do it in unrealistic time frames i think people end up hating it and stressing about it but yeah that and so yeah it's kind of like you're saying that and the estimating go hand in hand don't they in terms of the, mm. the stressing that on everyone you know you you can pluck out the luckins figure for mm. bending a, or installing a, a meter of conduit but if that meter has three bends in it it's yeah, not exactly it's not, not going to be half an hour yeah yeah exactly especially if it's something very intricate falling off a tray at a certain angle or something and you know it's you know, i've spent i've spent you know hour and a half two hours forming one one lovely swoop off a tray around a corner at certain angles of you know no joint no couplers no boxes and setting onto the tray perfectly bushed through a beezer box and you know what i mean a couple of saddles and yeah two hours and i'm sat there thinking oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was actually before i was i think there's a few photos of it but we did a restaurant um it would have been wicked i need to go back there so it's in Ellsbury. <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's all, ex- all exposed containment um and conduit but that was before I started my um my Instagram but yeah that would have been a yeah a gold mine of, yeah. <laughs> um, of photos but yeah so is there anything you'd like to see introduced into the industry moving forward and that that question can be as far reaching as you want <laughs> yeah not to go too far down the rabbit hole as they say but um I think um like a gas safe sort of system um is very much needed um i think they're I, I haven't been following it i need to i need to look into it i think they're talking about changing the uh requirements for a gold card as well aren't they basing it on a uh, time served and experience and stuff uh which is good and i think that's needed because at the minute i don't really think gold cards hold any weight mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Sorry, what uh, did you mean by the, the gas safe? So just like, um, you know, I've got, well, they're supposed to come around today, but um, obviously we said no. Um, I was supposed to have my boiler serviced, um, and whoever that man is, his number goes on the paperwork, and I type that in, and he comes up. Um, him, you know, he is right. accountable through his company, but he is accountable. Sorry, yeah, so you're talking about a single register? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as you know, I fill out test certificates um, that I've tested and I've installed. Uh, my boss has designed, but ultimately it falls on the company and the QS. Um, um, accountability mainly. Um, I think if someone does some work like you know i every sunday i do like a sunday race i call it we i just post bad work and people take the mick out of it or you know mm. um looking in shock and horror at it but um I, I should be able to look at the fuse board or documentation or um the the previous quote or contact details and get a number for that person and going up you know report it because he's obviously with a, a competence person scheme or he's not do you know what I mean but that's sort of the the cancer in the industry I think and that's why we struggle to get paid what we should be paid and we have to haggle to do jobs right um, I think especially in the domestic sector you have to and smaller commercial you have to really justify your price which basically just means you're doing a compliant job you know you're not you're not pulling their pants down you're just pricing for stuff to be compliant you know um yeah compared to someone who's just gonna go come and lash it in and not test it and isn't signed up to a cps scheme or anything like that so mm. i think that's my main thing um that i would like to see and also just add some more weight to the gold card because um i've sat in rooms with you know 20 sparks in they all got gold cards but they're all at, <laughs> there's some that aren't worthy of that title and there's some that you know i was very much when i went through my i think it still is now it's like a um write a passage coming coming through as an apprentice to get your gold card and you sort of gets bigged up and then now eight years later i'm sort of like i'll be we get agency guys in and they'll come over you know i'll be like well, what are you doing that for well, i know what i'm doing i've got a gold card it's like oh okay so you've got a gold <laughs> card right sorry <laughs> i'll question why you're doing that wrong you know what i mean you've got a gold card so it's, mm. it's just yeah i feel like anyone can get them yeah almost <laughs> exactly yeah um, um it's been a very good chat mm. but, the, but there is one last question go on what's your favorite movie my favorite movie ever that is a tough question but it's got to be i can't believe that was the toughest question <laughs> no it is because i'm a big <laughs> big movie fan um i just can't imagine everyone you know um it's got to be um revenge of the sith star wars because revenge hang, so hang on hang on oh. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, right? So that's the middle trio, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, not the new new ones, which are pads. It's not the classics. <laughs> it's the last it's not, it's one. Neither. It's not the classics. It's not the new right. ones. It's I am a massive fan of the, the classics. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the, the ones where two of them were pants and they finally sorted out in the third one. And uh, yeah, but obviously that's my age showing. To be fair, do you know what? I agree because. I, well, I, I don't agree that it's the best of the lot, 
but mm. I agree that that was the best of that trilogy. Yeah. Uh, the fight scene between Obi-Wan and mm. Anakin yeah finally becomes Darth Vader is a proper cinematic moment yeah yeah legendary yeah and so I think definitely. it was um yeah it answered a lot of questions so yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, you know, uh, yeah. all I'm thinking about is the slating those films got to me yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was obviously I was very young. What was that 2005? So I would have been uh, eight when that came out. So you know you got to imagine. But um, yeah, that's probably my favourite film. But I'm a massive Star Wars fan at heart, so I'm biased. Yeah, no, I quite agree. Love a bit of Star Wars, better than Star Trek. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm sure that upset a few. <laughs> Apologies for that. You can listen next time. Um, <laughs> So thank you very much time for your time, Mike. It's yeah, been no worries. Thanks for having me. Lovely chatting with you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.